We're going to see uh, just the message of hope go further into our, into our world. Very, very exciting. Little old New Zealand, eh? Look what we can do with the influence, uh, the, the resource that God's given us. Can I tell you a story? Tell you, tell you a story, not, not a story about myself. Uh, normally it starts with a story about myself. But I want to tell you about a woman in our church who just had a, a prompting the other day. She was driving home. Uh, the miracle probably she, she thought was in the fact that she, was, she had time to spare when she got this prompt. And so she's heading home and she just thinks about this person that she hadn't, you know, she, she just needed to connect with somebody, a woman who had just recently lost her father. And so she just, just really just sensing she needed to go and say hi to this person. So she turns into their road, uh, arrives at their, their doorstep, and she is un- uh, unloading all of the groceries from her, from her car. And she's, she's crying. She's got tears streaming down her face. She turns up, just prays for her, ministers to her, just helps her out. Ends up uh, finding some meals, getting some meals from our loaves and fishes ministry. Uh, which, to which her response was, I've never felt so loved, never felt so blessed than I ever have been before. Just one little prompt, one, one, one little kind of, oh, may, maybe I should. Is it God? Who knows? I'll follow. I'll just, just give it a shot. I'm talking with another man who, uh, who was on the work site. Um, yeah, quite, a, quite an important job on the work site. Um, he, was, he was cleaning up an area that probably wasn't even his to clean up just kind of showing a little bit of initiative. Um, and as he was cleaning up this area, he looked up and he saw a piece of machinery that uh, was actually starting to perish. You know, there, there was, if, if something wasn't done about it very, very quickly, uh, potentially it was a, a hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage, uh, loss of production. Was it a fluke? Was it a coincidence? Or was it a, a bit of a nudge? Something just causing him to be in the right place at the right time? Over the next two weeks, I want to talk about the God nudge, the nudge, you know, that feeling, that sense that God is, is doing something uh, and, and, and trying to work out whether or not we will respond to it. Uh, have you ever felt the nudge? Ever felt the, the, the urge to contact someone, to call someone, and you just wonder whether or not it's actually God? Well, we want to kind of lean in and we want to kind of take a chance over these next couple of weeks, and we want to talk about the God nudge. So, would you pray with me? Because when God nudges, He knows something we don't. And when God nudges and we respond, we can be a part of the miraculous that could take place. So come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank You. Thank You that You speak to us. Thank You that You love people. And so when You speak to us to go and love and serve and help somebody else, God, a miracle could take place. God, I pray You would give us the courage, because Lord, it takes courage to step out, beyond what we would normally want to do and follow that nudge, follow that prompting. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're leading us and moving in our lives and we want to be obedient. That's all we need to do, obedient and just step out. So God, would you show us even right now, Lord, the nudges, the moments, the people that we're supposed to connect with. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, history is filled with people who dared to take a risk, take a step, step out in faith, do something that hasn't been done before. Christopher Columbus, he stared out across the ocean, you know, with the desire to find land that maybe it existed, maybe it didn't. No idea. You know, who thought it was a good idea to hop into a jet-propelled rocket and fly into space to see whether the moon was really cheese or not? You know, I mean, who would do that? What, what, about, what about William Wilberforce, who took on a whole government to abolish slavery? These people that took a chance took a risk, 
took a step, not knowing what the outcome would be. These people are remembered throughout history. Then then there's another group of people that probably won't be remembered in history, but they'll get their story told at least today, of those that maybe didn't quite take the step that they should have. Amy turned 29 uh, just last, um, last month. Th- 39, sorry. You're welcome. Um, so we went away for a weekend, or a night away, you know, a special treat. Uh, and uh, Amy had watched a documentary on TV of Stan Walker. How many people know Stan Walker? Anyone like Stan the man? Um, and so, so we're, we're kind of closet Stan fans, right? Right from the beginning, right? We kind of like a bit of Stan Walker music, uh, love his passion. And so, so we watched this documentary about uh, this operation that he, had to, that he needed to have in order just to survive. Uh, the, there was kind of question as to whether his singing career would ever be salvaged, whether that was it. So, so we kind of had this uh, conversation. Um, Amy said, you know, there's a comeback tour. Would you take me to the comeback tour down in Auckland? I'm like, sure, why not? Let's go for a concert. So we haven't been on a concert for like 20 years. So we get down to Auckland, and uh, we arrive at the hotel, and, and Amy says, uh, and I say to Amy, what do you want for dinner? And, uh, and she gives her normal response, which is, whatever you like. You know, what, what, do, you, what do you think? So I kind of took my moment. I said, how about more pork's barbecue? 16-hour cook, slow-cooked brisket, you know, with pulled pork and pork spare ribs. And, and the love of my life, my angel, says, sure, sounds great. So off we went for barbecue on her birthday. Isn't that awesome? What an amazing woman. And so we had barbecue. It was beautiful. Really enjoyed it. Arrive at the concert. So when we get to the concert, everyone's lining up. Everybody's, you know, there early because they don't want to miss out. Kind of like church on a Sunday. Everybody coming through the doors early. Wouldn't want to be late just in case God's doing something, right? Come on. Because there was an expectation, an anticipation that something amazing was going to take place. So we've got all these teeny boppers all kind of lining up and parents that have been dragged along and Amy and I who were there by choice. <laughs> so here we are at this concert and we're lining up ready to go. When the doors open, we go down into the auditorium and there's these 200 seats right out the front. These 200 seats that are set aside for the VIPs, the very important people. Amy said, well, that's actually, uh, those are $200 seats. So I stepped back a meter and went, happy with my 50, thank you. So we sat down in our $50 seats, and um, yeah, so we're waiting for the concert to start. And then all of a sudden, you know, these people come in, these VIPs being shown to their seats, and really exciting. And all of a sudden, the girl beside us completely loses her mind. She goes all fangirl on some Shortland Street star that walks in, and she's taking photos, and we're, we're like catching up on a program that we've never watched. But it's like, wow, this is great. So... Then Stan's mum comes out, and she is awesome. She's just so down to earth. She's like, whoa, this mic's got a big echo on it. It's like, hey, welcome. And here's my, here's my boy, Stan. So the concert starts, and, you know, and Stan's awesome. He's a great musician. And we're sitting there, and we're going, this just doesn't quite feel right. It's like everybody's sitting down, and, and Amy's kind of nudging me, going, we should be standing. We should be standing. This is a party. We should be standing. I said, every great move of God comes with the courage of one person to step up and start a dance party. She didn't. But a minute later, the song finishes and Stan goes, well, that was weird. It's like I've never been to a a, concert where, where people sit down. 
It's like, kia ora whanau, come on, haere mai, come on, come, come, come. So we just bust past these $200 VIP tickets. Right, see you up to the front of the stage and have a party. And Amy's nudging me, go, man, that could have been me. I said, yes, it could have. You could have been the one that just bust through, got to the front of the stage. You would have probably got you up on stage and gone, yes, this is the attitude I'm after. You know, give you free tickets and merchandise. But that didn't happen. Ever felt a nudge? Ever felt a prompt? Ever felt like you're supposed to do something and you just go, I'm not sure I want to. I could be embarrassed. You know, it might be out of my comfort zone. Ever kind of thought you should ring somebody, make a phone call, or, or even you've written a text and you delete it because you wonder whether that's just weird for them to receive that text? I wonder if God is actually speaking to us and sometimes we don't acknowledge that it's Him. I want to talk about the God nudge, the God nudge. I believe God is nudging us all the time, just gently going, hey, Mike, go talk to someone. Hey, Mike, send somebody a text. Hey, Mike. Go bless somebody. Hey, Mike, go take that money and go and pay for somebody's groceries. Hey, Mike, go and say hi to somebody. I, I believe God is doing that all the time. If we would pay attention to it, rather than assuming it's not God, what if we leaned in and went, eh, what if it is God? What if it is God? Let's just flip it on its head and make the assumption that God is actually speaking to us about someone else. I think it could get quite exciting. Terrifying. And exciting. Have you ever experienced this? The urge to contact someone out of the blue. A feeling something dangerous is about to happen. An uneasy feeling about a person or a situation. An overwhelming sense to pray for someone. Or somebody just randomly pops into your mind. Anyone experienced any of those things? All right, there's a good, good majority of us. Might I suggest that that could be a prompt from God? That God is actually prompting us to do something, to act on something? I've been praying and I've been asking a, a group of uh, fellow God nudgies to, to join me. We've got 50 in our group so far on the Facebook page, the God Nudge Challenge. Uh, make sure you go and jump on Facebook, join the group, and tell us your story. What we're doing is we're just saying, I'm going to take a chance on the fact that God might be in this. And let's tell our story. Already a dozen stories are up, on the, up on the page. It is so cool just to hear what God is doing is people are just trusting God. So you can check it out on Facebook, the God Nudge Challenge. You know, back in the Old Testament and through into the New Testament, men and women of God, they followed the prompt of God. Sometimes they had an angelic visitation. That certainly helps, I think, in saying this is from God. But, but sometimes, too, they were led by, by what was in their heart. I look at Abraham, who, who stood before God and was about to sacrifice his own son, trusting God, following through on that. That, was, that would have been terrifying. And yet God provided him with the sacrifice. How about Moses? Moses goes before Pharaoh with a rod in his hand and a promise from God that says, I am. Look what God did through Moses. What about Esther? Queen Esther, who goes before the king, breaks all of the protocol. Based on the fact that she broke that protocol, she could have lost her life. She could have been killed for not going through the correct procedure to get in contact with, with the king. And yet God used her to save a nation. The prompts, the nudge that we feel. I believe God is wanting to, 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 to release his people 
And imagine what would happen if a group of people in Elam North would follow the nudge. Just trust that God is in it, that His power, His presence will go in as we take our step. All we've got to do is take our step and trust that God's going to do the miracle. I had one uh, teacher, a uh, wonderful teacher here in our, in our, in our um, congregation, felt that God nudge. You know, she was part of our group and she was just praying for a, a, a girl overnight. And goes and he asked, she asked this girl the next day, what's happening? Just two words, what's happening? This, this tough, staunch, but absolutely lovable girl breaks down in tears and begins to share her story based on a God prompt, on a nudge. What is out there in conversation in this next week? That could take place if we just went, oh God, maybe you're in this. Imagine what could happen. Over the next two weeks, I want to explore a passage of Scripture where Jesus performs two miracles that were so amazing, recorded for all of eternity. But they were miracles that involved other people. See, God wants us to be a part of the miraculous. He includes us in the journey. God spoke, let there be light, and light came out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second. He doesn't need us. He can create anything. He can do anything. But in, in the whole story of the Bible, God says, I'm going to grab everyday, ordinary people, and I'm going to fill them with my power, and we're going to see the miraculous take place. That's a pretty exciting adventure to be on. And if you've ever followed through on a God nudge, you'll know what it, you know what I'm talking about. The excitement, the wow, oh my goodness, God, you are in this. So I want to encourage you, step out. Over these two weeks, we're going to discover God not, not only wants us to be involved, but He needs us to be involved. In the 14th chapter of Matthew, three stories are told. Uh, the first story, Jesus finds out that his, his cousin John, has been, uh, John the Baptist, has been beheaded. Uh, some pretty tragic news to hear. So, so Jesus is, is you know, feeling the pain of, of losing not, not just a, a, a person, but his own cousin, somebody who's so dear to his heart, growing up together. And so the second story we pick up, Jesus has just heard this news. So here we are at Matthew 14, 13 to 21. It says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Some scholars would say it was in excess of 10,000 people, once you include women and children, some even up to 20,000. Imagine trying to feed 20,000 off five loaves and two fishes. A miracle required, right? And so here they are in this situation where, where Jesus is allowing the disciples to be a part of the miracle. And I believe there's two things we can learn from this story, and I'm going to tell the second part of the story 
uh, the next story next week. But in this story, we see, number one, that Jesus asks us to use what we have. He asks us to use what we have. Jesus had just heard the news. His cousin had been beheaded. Bad day for Jesus. Yeah, that's big news to hear, right? So he goes away to, to process it, to grieve, as, as you would. So he's, he's trying to get away from everybody just to process his grief. And the crowds find him. And it says that Jesus had compassion on them. His heart was moved because of the needs that were in the people's life. And so, so Jesus put aside his grief, put aside the things that he was processing in the, in the, in the natural to bless and minister to other people. And sometimes when we follow a nudge from God, we have to put aside some of the things that we're actually struggling with. Because we can be all consumed by all of the things that affect us, but sometimes actually we have to go, in this moment, it's not about me. <laughs> I'm going to press in, and I'm actually going to give a little to somebody else. Amen? Because I think sometimes we go, it's too hard. Too much going on in my world. I can't afford that. But God's saying, step. Jesus just stepped out and he just began to teach. He began to heal. He began to minister to these people. Jesus uh, teaches and heals and it goes on all day. You know, they've gone past morning tea. They've gone past lunch. Afternoon tea's well gone. And they're going into the evening. And the disciples come to Jesus with a problem. Now, I work for a man, Luke Bro, who says, don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with a problem and a solution. I'm like, come on, that's, that's what leaders are for, right? Yeah, I, I've got to solve the problem. But the disciples couldn't come up with the solution to the problem. They come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we have a problem. There is not enough food. The people are hungry. We should send them away. And Jesus responds with a good parent answer. Well, you do something about it. You, know, you sort it out. You feed them. You know, there's the fridge. You know. But they couldn't find any food. They couldn't find any food. Not a very well-organized outreach, right? You know, that's supposed to be a support crew. If that was Elam North, we'd have Parky there and Steve Alexander and the hospitality team with bread rolls and fruit and coffee and you know, brownies and ginger slice, right? But they didn't even have their own packed lunch. Or they were hiding it in the cloak, I reckon. Yeah, I'm not sure of my lunch. But some boy says, Jesus, I've got five loaves. I've got a fish burger. You can have it. Jesus says, just give what you can. What do you have? Sometimes we think we can't see a miracle take place because we don't have enough. We don't have the resource. Jesus doesn't need much. What's in your pocket? Oh, I've got 20 bucks. Oh, that could pay for someone's groceries. What have I got? Oh, I've got an extra three minutes. Why don't I go and say hi to somebody? Oh, I could turn left instead of turning right and follow the lead. What could happen? A miracle could happen if we would follow that nudge. This passage is actually what prompted Steve Alexander, who heads up our loaves and fishes ministry. He, he, this, this passage really moved his heart. He's doing an internship this year, giving up a year of his life um, to, to, to sow into people, basically cooking meals and blessing people with these meals. It is partnering so well with so many of the things with our cap ministry and with our prayer ministry and our counseling. And the, the, this is just dovetailing into what we're doing and loving people. 
reaching, serving, and influencing people. But that was a prompt that, that he felt. Jesus says, bring them here to me. It's enough. You got five loaves, two fishes? It's enough. That's enough. Just enough. The second thought is that our best in Jesus' hands is enough. Our best in Jesus' hands is enough. I love where this story goes. Verse 18 to 21. He says, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. As the team come this morning, I... What I've discovered over the years is that when, when I bring what I've got, God does the miraculous. When I just follow through on a nudge, God does the miraculous. Remember my, uh, my hairdresser um, in the, when we were living in Tauranga. I, I, was, I was praying for her, praying that God would really move her heart, you know, touch her heart. And I remember praying for her one, one day before going to get my hair cut. And I felt... Nothing except the phrase boxed in. I'm like, yeah, that means nothing to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. And I just couldn't get past the two words boxed in. All right, fair enough. So I, I go into this, this time and, you know, and have my hair cut. And we're just talking about a whole lot of different things. And I, I always ask questions, you know, what's going on in your world? Yeah, how's life? She says, we're looking to move it out of our, our, our apartment. She said, I'm feeling a little boxed in. Immediately, I took the God nudge. I'd already had it. This was the second nudge. It was like a two-handed push from here. I said, do you ever feel claustrophobic? Jaw drops, eyes open. This is my greatest fear, being in a confined space. I said, I believe God wants to set you free from your claustrophobia. I'm going to commit to pray for you for this next month before I come and have my hair cut again. Came back a month later. I said, how's claustrophobia? She said, it's gone. It's gone. Now, I don't know if she ever gave her life to Christ, but that's one nudge, one seed sown, one step of faith, one step of obedience. That felt weird going into that conversation. I can tell you. Hey, had a God, you know, being boxed in lately? You know, I mean, how do you start that conversation? And yet I'm I, I feeling it. I was sensing it. But here's some of the struggles that we have. And I think there's three things. I think this probably sums up why we don't follow through with the God nudge. Number one, we get distracted. Anyone ever get distracted? Oh, there's a glare off this. <laughs> we, we get distracted, don't we? It's like great intentions and then all of a sudden oh, maybe I won't follow through with that because something else has come up. We get distracted. It's a natural part of life. Second, following through with the God nudge will cost us in time or resource. True? I've got to go see that person. Well, that's going to be a 45-minute conversation. Or I'd love to help that person, but it's probably going to cost me my grocery money or my lunch. <laughs> There's a cost following through with a God nudge. Thirdly, 
And maybe this is the one that kind of we all wrestle with. I know this is me. God, is it really you? Is that really you prompting my heart? Or am I just kind of, eh, just kind of thinking that maybe it's a good thing? I want to encourage us. We're going to make some assumptions if we can for the next 21 days. I want to encourage you to join the God Nudge Challenge. Don't have to join the Facebook group necessarily, but join the God Nudge Challenge. Make a commitment to say, I'm, I'm actually going to be on the, the front foot, not the back foot. I'm not going to go, oh, maybe it isn't. I'm going to go, yeah, it probably is. It probably is God speaking to my heart about somebody. And here's, here's how we can address those three struggles. When we feel the prompt, make a commitment to respond in the next 24 hours. Now, you, you might get you know, that prompt and then you can't do anything about it in that very moment. No problem. Write it on your hand. Stick it in your phone as a reminder. Write it on a piece of paper. Just remind yourself to go back and follow through. Maybe you need to put in your, in your alarm on your phone. Once, once every 24 hours, just write God nudge alarm at, at a time that's convenient for you where you know you have probably an extra five minutes. Maybe the end of the day, you know, if you're a parent, the kids are in bed, maybe it's eight o'clock at night, God nudge. Just put, a, just put a God nudge in your phone. Maybe it's lunchtime. Maybe you get away for lunch for half an hour. Go and sit in your car, God nudge. God, what have you spoken to me about? Is there anybody? If there isn't, carry on. Yeah, don't try and create something. But just if God is speaking to us, let's just follow the nudge. But we've got to give God permission. So that's the first one, the distraction. Secondly, we wonder whether we've got enough time or resource. Well, can, I, can we assume that any time, any resource that is spent on loving one of God's people is going to be money and time well spent? We, 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 we hear that we get a, a blessing or we, you know, we reap what we sow. Maybe we need to ask God for, for the seed to sow. Maybe we've actually got the seed in our hands already, that we would sow a seed and believe that God is going to bring about the harvest of somebody's salvation, a healing, a, a restoration of a relationship. So let's just assume and agree that actually God is in that, that it's going to be an investment well spent. And lastly, Sometimes we dismiss the God nudge because we wonder whether it's even God. Can I make another bold assumption? That if it blesses somebody, if it puts a smile on their face, if it shares the good news of Jesus Christ with them, I'm going with a 99% chance that it's God. And if I miss on the 1%, what's the worst that could happen? Oh my goodness, Mike, what a nice person he is. Hate that. Come on. Maybe God's given somebody a little nudge today. Maybe someone's feeling two hands in your back. It's, it's a push. Come on, you know. Even right now, on your notes, on your phone, God's spoken to a bunch of people already today. Who is it? What do you need to do? Who do you need to call? Who do you need to contact? Come on, let's believe if we all went out today and for the next week, just follow that nudge. What could things look like? Seriously. I've got some more stories to share next week. I'm not going to share them all today. I've got some goodies for next week. 
of people that have just followed the nudge. And God's doing some cool things. So join the challenge. Come and be a part of it. And if you don't like it, you can have your boring life back. It's about to get exciting, church. Just follow the nudge. Step in. You know what? Even this morning, one of our ministry team felt the nudge to come and pray for me. You know, it's kind of a bold move. Hey, Mike, something I need to speak into your life. They did. I received it. It was what I needed to hear. God is moving, moving in us and through us. Let's trust the nudge, step out in faith, and let's just start to tell the stories of what God's going to do. Amen? Amen. I want to, we're going to sing a song to close in a moment, but I want to give an invitation because there's people here that maybe this is your first time in church or maybe you've been in church many, many years ago and you just found yourself back here. I think God's probably nudged you. And it might have been your friend or your neighbor that's brought you as well. But you're here for a reason. God has brought you here for a reason. And the greatest thing that you could ever have in your life is a relationship with God. It is greater than any other relationship you could ever have. God loves you, my friend. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. But that plan and purpose got disrupted by sin. Sin is our selfishness. It's our pride. It's the thing living for ourselves. And the only way of getting past our pride and the sin in our life is to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. When Jesus died on the cross, He died on the cross for our sins, for the sins that I've committed, so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be right with God again. And I want to pray a prayer, and I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, to be your Lord and Savior, today is your day. And I believe there's people here today that are saying, yes, this is me. This is my moment. This is when I have to get my life right with God. So as I pray this prayer, would you pray it with me? We're all going to pray it out loud. Do you believe in your heart that Jesus wants to save you? Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love for me. I repent. I turn from my old way of living. And I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for your gift of salvation. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive that gift today. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed this prayer, maybe for the first time, maybe you're coming back to God again. We want to get alongside you. We don't want to embarrass you, but we want to know who you are so we can start help you start the journey. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me. I prayed that prayer. Maybe this is God's nudge on you right now. If that's you, you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up. Say, yes, that was me. Anyone this morning? I really believe some people have prayed that prayer this morning and maybe you haven't put your hand up. But can you go and see somebody in the Connect Lounge at the end of the service? Go into the guest lounge and, and so, you know, fill in a Connect card. So you know what, I made that decision. But I want to do one last thing. The God nudge takes a little bit of courage, doesn't it? Stepping out. And as we close this morning, I want us to do something very simple. It may be a little bit bold for some. If you want to take on this challenge, in the next 21 days, say, you know what, God, every day I'm just going to follow the nudge. If that's you, 
Why don't you just stand right now and say, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Whoa, jump to the front. Come on. Yeah. Come on, why don't you lift your hands to heaven? Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are speaking to us right now. You're prompting us. You're nudging our hearts towards you, towards people. And God, I thank you for the miracles that are going to take place this week as we step out. God, bringing the little that we have. Lord, it doesn't feel like much, but it's enough in your hands. God, if you can take five loaves and two fishes and you can feed thousands and thousands of people, you can take one step of obedience from me to bring a miracle in somebody's life. So God, I pray for miracles to take place in this week and every people in their workplace, in their schools, in their homes. God, as we trust you, as we step out and we follow that nudge. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God a shout of praise in this place. Come on, let's sing. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. That the Spirit of the Lord Who wants to clear this morning? A miracle can happen now. A miracle can happen now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all. 